hovering over the skies of a post-Christian society, we have spotted a man with a donut in one hand oh. and rosary beads in another. Child, I'm about to whoop Satan's behind. He is boldly proclaiming truth and reason like no rigid Catholic ever has before. The David L. Gray Show begins now. Welcome in to the David L. Gray Show, voicing truth and reason. How's it going, my hounds of heaven? I'm so glad that you came in. If you're listening live, we are live streaming on the YouTube and on the Facebook, and we have the backups on Rumble and some other places like that. So, yeah, so happy that you you tuned in. Got a live show for you tonight. Got Steve Johnson. He's going to be on the show. We're going to do an interview with him. He is converting Catholic. He's in RCIA. Uh, we'll tell you more about, he'll tell you more about his story, but, you know, coming from the Protestant background and also most interesting, he's, he's um, a Freemason. You guys watched the show I did a couple of weeks ago with Jackson Pinckney. Um, and he's a former Freemason. So I like talking to former Freemasons. Um, about their their converting experience because as you know I was a Freemason before I became a Catholic. Spent last twelve years or so writing and talking about it, talking about it a lot. So, yeah, so this is going to be a really exciting show. Happy that you're again happy that you're tuned in. So we're just going to really jump into it. I don't really have much of a preface. I don't have anything that I'm um, doing other than Saint Maker, <laughs> who's a sponsor of the show. I got my Saint Maker the other day. My new one is the White Book. So I don't even have it here. I think I have it downstairs. Um, so Saint Maker, Saint Maker Daily um, Daily Life Planner. You can look at the description box below. Click on the link. Discover more about it. If you decide to buy it, when you click on the link, you do get ten percent off. So what Saint Maker is? Is it like I said, it's a daily life planner? Um, what I like about it the most is that so it has the calendar in a book. Right. You can kind of map out your day as far as your to do list, but also most importantly, helps you focus on those issues that you need to do. Um, work on whatever your, your issues are, whatever your devotions are, those things that you're working on. It keeps you on track and then has you do an inventory throughout the day. So when you get to the end of the day and it's time to do your your um, your inventory. Um when you sit down with God and you go over your day, you do your uh, reflection, your recollection for the end of the day, uh, before you do your, at the contrition, you know, you just go over your day, you know, where, where did, um, what did, what, what are things that I, I've done and what are things that I failed to do? You know, you just go over your day as you ought. So you can reconcile your day with God and then do your at the contrition. What I found out is a daily life planner really helps me do that because it helps me chart out my day. So by the time I get to the end of my day and it's time for me to do my, um, recollection, um, everything is really right there. And so you're able to do your at the contrition and then move over to the next day. Of course, you know, you do these things on your own, but really the same maker just has so many different tools in there that just helps you just manage your day and helps you be just intentionally, um, be intentional about responding to the call of holiness. So I really believe in it. So click on the link below in the description box. That is the Saint Maker who's sponsoring this show. Click on the link. And like I said, if you do decide to buy, you do get 10% off if you use the link below. So try it out. 
uh, you don't have anything to lose and you have everything to gain by being an intentional Catholic, such as heaven. So that's all I got to say about that. Let's bring Steve on and get into his conversion journey. Welcome in, Steve. I'm sorry. Had you muted? Welcome in, Steve. Hey, it's an honor to be here, David. <laughs> yeah, man, pleasure to have you. So we're just going to really just jump into it. I told everyone just a little bit about you, but let's go back to the beginning. I'm so excited to have you on, man. I really well, am. Thank um, you. I'm very nervous to be on, but I'm, I'm very, very thrilled <laughs> to be talking to you. Today. Yeah. So if you have any questions for Steve as we go along, I'm just dropping in the comment box. If you have any questions about his his convert his his uh, conversion journey or his experience about uh, being a Freemason that we get into, drop in the comment box below, and I'll make sure that I do um, get to them. And I'm really um, I will say this, Steve, that I really admire you. I admire the fact that you know you reached out to me um, yeah. via email some time ago and said, "Hey, you know, I watched your video, yeah, yeah, yeah." about Freemasonry. And I remember one time you emailed me, you're saying that, hey, there these are some readings at Mass today, and they sort of feel them. You said the readings kind of like feel Masonic, you know, some feels, um, about the East Gates and West Gates, how to think Ezekiel or Daniel or something like that. And um, I guess I, you know what, let's just hop in there. Um, let's just come in hot. So, so, yeah, let's just start with your experience in Freemasonry. Then we'll come back into, then we'll back up a little bit yeah. to your conversion journey. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, what even made you like? Tell us about your Freemason journey. Like, what what even got you into looking? Yeah. At being oh, a Freemason. Uh, curiosity. Curiosity. <laughs> My Freemason journey began in the early two thousand. Actually, it was a little bit before that probably late nineties. Um, I had always wondered what they do in the Freemasons. Of course, I knew that uh, you, know, you go on to become a Shriner and they do wonderful things, but um, I have to say that when the Dan Brown books uh, started coming out, the first yeah. one was a copy that was given to me, given to me by my aunt Maxine. That was a Da Vinci code, right? It, the, the first one I read was Angels and Demons. Angels and Demons, okay. Yeah, so that the Da Vinci Code was very popular at that time, but she had a copy of Angels and Demons, so that was the first one that I read. Of course, anybody that has read the books or watched the movies, you know, you, you're left with a, a huge curiosity, especially as a young man, a little bit younger as I was at the time. That, was, that even fueled my curiosity. Just so happened, I knew some Freemasons. One was a dear friend. He's no longer with us now, Mr. Arstrandomo. Um, he, uh, he was a Freemason at Waldo's 274 in Greenville, South Carolina. There, there's the accent right there. Um, and uh, so, yeah, he was uh, the first one I started pestering. I said, Art, uh, I'm kind of interested in uh, petitioning I said, uh, for, uh, for your lodge. It went on for about two, possibly even three years of this pest. Wow. 
So you just kind of knew about the process. You knew that to be a Freemason, you had to ask a Freemason. Exactly. They weren't going to come to you. You do not uh, just have, you're not recruited. Mm. You know, if you, if you're interested in it, what a hard strand of uh, a former past master. Um, it was at breakfast one morning um, that uh, uh, myself and a couple of other co-workers and a couple other Masons by I mean, also, um, after finishing breakfast, he said, Steve, I've got something for you here. <laughs> and uh, he pulled out a petition. Yeah. Yeah. And I said, really aren't after all this time. Yeah. So you're, you're happy because this is something that um, you have been looking to do. I mean, had you known the, the, the Freemasons that you, you knew in South Carolina, mm -hmm. um, were they like people who you admired or looked up to or people who you thought had good reputations and everything like that? They were, they were acquaintances and friends from work. Some from mm -hmm. you know, the, the work I did with the city of Greenville, you know, I was involved with uh, all kind of aspects of peoples. And uh, uh, with that comes, you know, you know, your, you know, your acquaintances with uh, other Freemasons. It just happened mm -hmm. to be there. Of course, you know, here I am, I still don't have a clue what Freemasonry is about, but my curiosity will, you know, I pestered for three years for a petition. So, you know, I definitely, wanted in i wanted to know these secrets yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right so you got, you got the petition and uh you fill it out i guess you gotta get some like some signatures and everything and yeah and of and, course uh, you investigated. Know right and you know the process you know once you're in you see from you know new candidates coming in what uh what was uh, you know what was going on behind the scenes for your own petition you see that and uh, so it, it must have been another couple of months before I was even contacted. Oh wow! By uh, you know, one of the uh, one of the committee officers for 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 my lodge, um, or my future lodge, to uh, come and have a talk. Uh, he was an attorney. He's one that I knew. Uh, you know, I knew I knew him pretty well. Good guy. Nice fellow. Knew where his office was. Went there. Couple of guys on the committee, also a couple of other guys were, were there when I uh, when I arrived at his office. Yeah, were you were you nervous? I was nervous. Yeah, I was nervous. Um, and I pretty much just uh, said, you, you know, I'm yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, you know seeing if I may fit the bill for for this lodge and. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, went through similar questions as as you know. You know, you know what do you know, and then, and I'm thinking I don't have a clue. I don't have a clue, and I, that's what I want to know. Yeah. I did. I said I did. Yes, I'm interested in knowledge. Knowledge. Yeah. I want to find out what what makes a Freemason, you know, a better man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you heard you heard that part. You heard that yeah. they're they're um they make good men. Like better. The, yeah, the selling point. The you know being. Freemasons make good men better. I guess you heard that along the way. Good men better, yeah. Yeah. So uh, another month or two goes by, and uh, I get a call from uh, the uh, the Treasury Secretary, and uh, uh, wonderful, wonderful guy. And uh, he says, um, um, Thursday we're going to have work done. He said we're going to be doing work. 
And you don't know what that word means. You're like, work. That's how we're gonna have we're gonna have a work session, but first we're gonna eat. <laughs> so that was the yeah. first thing I learned. Yeah, you don't go into the lodge at, and, and when I say in the lodge, you, know, you go into the building, but not the lodge lodge until you eat dinner. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, we're we're all out in the you know, I guess you'd call it the eating hall. And then yeah. after that is when all of a sudden you see everybody scrambling about putting on ornaments and their yeah, yeah. beautiful aprons and, you know, yeah. and all kinds of regalia coming out. And then, then from there, you know what happens after that. So, you know, you, you, you're, you're, you're in the process. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I will tell you the first degree, I still think it's one of the most fascinating degrees because of uh, you're pretty much lit. Yeah. Did it catch no. you? Did anything like catch you off? Guard though. So you I mean you're down there eating dinner. Yeah. You kind of sense like, okay, this is, I mean, because you probably have paid your money by this point and well, everything like that. Yeah, that's so same. you knew something was about to happen. So next thing you know, you know, you're just like in this like little room and they're like taking undressing you and doing things. Right. I mean, did, did did you have any like second thoughts about like moving forward? <laughs> to be honest with you, um I, I was nervous, you know, but I felt like, you know, I had already was already having a good time at dinner and great conversation, camaraderie, you know, all of that. I was excited. Yes, nervous. I thought there may be a goat involved or something from Tales you heard before. <laughs> and uh, uh, you heard all the crazy things. Yeah. And uh, But yeah, but the, the things about being prepared and you're given little bits of advice in the ante room. Yeah. Listen and listen closely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The best I can. Um, but you know what happens. You know, I don't know how far you want me to go. You know, once, uh, you know, that part, once you're prepared. Yeah. You know, and you're, uh, you, you make your first entrance into the lodge and it, you know, it's a shock. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going to say, um, you know, I become a Freemason back in before the internet was like a thing, right? This by yeah. back in 94, 93. Um, so I think there was an internet, but not really. It definitely wasn't, you know, you can't go in there and find a Masonic ritual way back then. But you had access, you had Amazon. Did you like did you look up any like rituals kind of new? Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, the, the normal things that you would you know, as far as you know, you knew that there were uh, certain signals, handshakes. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. okay. What is that like? Because you know, when I became a Freemason, like everything was like I didn't know what to expect. You know, because you like you say, you're in the any room, you hear people opening doors and saying yeah. things like, "Oh, you know, all these." And then next thing you know, you know, there's like a, a rope around your neck. Right. You know, and then, yeah. you're, <laughs> and then you're off. And I forgot to mention, you know, for your viewers that, you know, aren't familiar with the, the rituals of Freemasonry, when you go into the lodge for the first time, you're also blindfolded. Yeah. You know, your your other senses, your hearing especially, is has become super aware because you know, you, you've got a rope around you, you're blindfolded, you're completely confused, you don't know what to expect. You really don't. And yeah. when you first enter that lodge, as you know, you, it's, um, you're yeah. given a you know a shock of entrance, as it were. Yeah. Were you still were you still married back then? 
I I was it was with my previous wife at that time. Yeah. Did they did they have you remove your wedding ring or did you? Yeah. Yeah. You have to be divested of all earthly okay. treasures. No medals. Yeah. You're divested. You are completely destitute. Was that was that weird for you though to remove you? Because most married men never move their wedding ring unless they're like doing something shady, right? So. <laughs> that went along, yeah, removing the wedding ring. It also went along with the fact of uh, sort of thinking, you know, because of the secrecy of, of Freemasonry, I said, well, that kind of goes right, right hand in hand, you know. It, but I said, yeah, that, you know, that's what is the purpose? I, you know, of course, at that time, you couldn't understand what the purpose was going to be. Yeah, 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 yeah. Listen. Wow, wow. So, so how was your, I mean, so how was your, I mean, how did you, so how did you find Freemasonry? Like once you get all through all the three degrees and everything yeah. like that, did you, was it what you expected or what, what was you, what did you find? I knew it was, it was deep. You can go very similar to Catholicism. You, for whatever work you put into it, for what you want to know, mm-hmm. if you work at it, you put the work into it. It, it can get very deep. There's never, there's never a time when there's not something to learn. You're always learning. Yeah, yeah I remember. I remember like the, that's the first when I was when I was accepted into the, the lodge, and I got a letter from um, the secretary. It, it, it has said just that. It has said Freemasonry. You get out of Freemasonry what you put into it, and I, I've just always remembered that. That was like um, I was a young man then, maybe. Yeah. Maybe maybe twenty or something like that, but that, that always really just been a life lesson because I think that was I guess that's pretty much everything. What you put into it is what you get out of it. But I found that especially be true if I'm at, at that time with Freemasonry. Right, right. It, it is. Uh, of course, we can't forget marriage. You know, marriage is a sacrament, and um, mm-hmm. you know I've learned a lot. You know, with my uh, uh, Catholicism, you know, the learning that comes with RCIA as far as the importance in, of marriage. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get back. Let's, so let's see, let's back up into, so you're from South Carolina, born and raised, um, brought up in the church, in the Protestant church. Protestant church. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what type of, yeah. What type of denomination did your parents belong to? Um, my grandparents, Church of the Nazarene. I had an uncle that was Church of Christ, but primarily growing up, it was the Southern Baptist Church okay. that my siblings and I and you know went to. You know their doctrines very similar as for you know a lot of Protestants. They had the same uh, you know sort of uh, expectations. Baptism, um, becoming saved. You know that's that's the you know, one of the things about. A Protestant church, you, you have to confess, you know, your uh, your devotion to the Lord thy God and to Jesus Christ. And uh, so, um, it, uh, the sacraments is the thing with the Protestant church that is not there, as it is very evident, very important within the Catholic Church, which. Um, um, it suits me well. It suits me well. It's been an eye-opening. Like I, I, you know, I've spoken with you, you know, just before we went on the air. As far as the liturgy, um, liturgic calendar, 
Um, yeah. It makes sense. And of course, as I also spoke to you, as far as the authority of the church. Yeah, yeah. But were you, but going back there, were you anti-Catholic coming up as a Southern Baptist, though? I mean, were you anti-Catholic? I'm going to get the sun out of my face here just a little bit, Dave. I wouldn't, okay. I wouldn't say that it's setting into the West right now. I wouldn't <laughs> say anti-Catholic. I, I just felt, like I, I said, I had a lot of interest in the Catholic faith and and, and and Catholic traditions. But, you know, growing up as uh, someone who was very interested in, uh, in history, um, I knew that the, the sins of the Catholic Church as well, you know, the, the Inquisition, the, uh, uh, you know, all of the stories of some, some popes that weren't always ideal <laughs> you know, through time. And of course, yeah. the break of the church, you know, after, you know, uh, you know uh, Henry VIII, you know, and he decided, well, I want to get a divorce. You can't get a divorce. So well, I'm going to do it anyway. And I'm going to break off. I'm going to start my own church. And yeah. So, um, you know, I wasn't anti-Catholic, but I just felt like, well, I guess I'm just pretty comfortable here as a Protestant. I think. Oh, okay. 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 So as a Southern Baptist, you weren't really... I guess really um, died in the wool as far as like um, Catholics are going to hell and all that stuff. No, no. As far as I was concerned, I still believe they are the first Christians. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay, 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 okay. Yeah, they, that's the first church. But they just, as a Protestant, you probably believed at some point in time they maybe just went off the rails at some point in time. Yeah. Well, of course, we can always go back to uh, you know with uh, Martin Luther. And uh, you know the the the, the beginnings of the uh, the Protestant Reformation. Yeah. You know, uh, Luther had he had issues. You know what? Uh, you know at that time, you know uh, he probably had some issues that were were valid at the time with the church. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, I think some. Yeah, I would say yeah, I agree with you. I think I think he had definitely some legitimate issues with the way things were operating. Right. Yeah. Um. Hey, you know, I, I guess say, you know, some of us probably have issues today with <laughs> exactly. <laughs> think about it is what I would always go to is the fact, well, and especially now, you know, as, as as a practicing Catholic, you know that the mistakes that are made that's man's mistakes. It's mm -hmm. not God. You know that that's man. We're still exactly. imperfect. Exactly. We do our best, you know, to lead godly lives, to lead mm -hmm. your life as much like. Christ, but we're we're far from perfect, which yeah. is why we go to confession from time to time. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm excited to hear about your um your RCA journey. What um I had, I had another question about your time as a um before you just came because so we'll, we'll get into your your decision to come to the Catholic Church. But as far as your relationship, would you say back when you were like a Baptist? And you know when you're you know you're coming up as a kid and everything and, and young and, and as a adult as well, one thing that you always hear from Southern Baptists, at least I always hear is sometimes, um, is they always want to ask you, "Do you know Jesus?" Right? So, right. Absolutely. You yeah. Do you accept him as your Lord and Savior? You yeah. Well, yeah. so how's your? I mean, so how's your relationship with him though? All during those years before um, becoming um, making his journey home as to the Catholic Church. As a Protestant, I had fallen out from being a practicing Protestant, practicing Christian in the Protestant mm -hmm. church. 
it came about, you know, in the twenties, as it does for a lot of people, you just get out of the habit of going to church. You're still, you know, you still feel like, you know, you, uh, you know, you Lord, love the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, you've been brought up and you, and you know how important that is. Um, and, uh, so there would be times, you know, I would attend church sometimes, you know, with special uh, functions, uh, Sometimes you would have uh, just Easter and you, you know, you wanted to go to church and, uh, you know, profess your love for the Lord Jesus Christ and his, uh, his sacrifice at Calvary. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, that's as far as, uh, as far as that goes. Yeah. Yeah. Then you did. um. So when you were like a Freemason, was there like, did you think that, was there any like any conflict between being a Protestant Christian and, and a Freemason? Did you, because I'm sure you had to hear from like anti-Freemasons, the good. stuff that oh, Freemasons worship the devil and all this stuff. I mean, how did that, how I did had, all that fit with you? I, I really hadn't heard that kind of rhetoric oh, okay. about Freemasons worshiping the devil. If there was any kind of talk like that is once I was in with the lodge, I knew you've heard this too, the grand architect of the universe. And also mm -hmm. one of the things you're asked about in your interview to even become an entered apprentice is, do you believe in a God? That's the key point right here. Yeah. Do you believe in a God, a Supreme being? Yeah. Well, you know, that's to me, I said, well, yeah, <laughs> you darn tootin'. <laughs> you know, so that's and that's what happens. You know, you you justify some of the things that later you may come to regret, especially if you become a Catholic. You justify mm -hmm. it with that logic. You know, you, you're brought in with the idea, hey, I belong here. I believe in God. Yeah. And there was a lot of I wasn't a Christian back then, but I just thought I really thought Freemasonry was like had a lot of like Christian elements, like you know, the, the lambskin apron, you know, because you know, Christians were calling Jesus the lamb, then there's a lambskin apron, there's like a the Bible on the altar. You're you know, you're going through your circumulations, you're going around a lodge, you're hearing Bible verses. Right. And it just it just smells like, oh, this is, yeah. is kind of Christian. <laughs> and so as you as like a Protestant. Um, at that time, you know, um, even though you're not really active in the church, mm -hmm. it seems like it's a kind of compatible, right? It did. As a matter of fact, it's funny you say that I, there, there was uh, one chaplain that we had, you know, you get into these conversations with, uh, you know, some of your, uh, Masonic brother, brother. And, uh, this chaplain once said, we're, we're not a religion. Maybe someone had brought that term up. Uh, he said, but uh, we're religion's handmaid. Yeah, and, yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, whatever you want to make of that, you know, yeah. we're not religion, but we're religion's handmaid. That was the beginning of some second thoughts that I had because I said, uh, you know, handmaid. My, uh, <laughs> that sounded kind of funny. That sounded yeah. kind of funny to you, huh? <laughs> I, you know, I, that, that that gets a little to me, you know, even at that time, you know, before entering the Catholic Church, that got to me, that, that seemed a little bit kind of, uh, 
counterproductive to my Christian faith. That's funny. Yeah, that's funny, Steve. You can't, you, um, you can't, what's that phrase? Excuse the language. Like, you can't bullshit a bullshitter. Like, that's you right. Could, you, could, you could get that one passed. You could. Yeah, I had some issues. I started having issues with that. And then also, of course, and I'll be honest with you, moving on to the fellow craft degree and then the, the lecture, I don't know if you remember, the lecture of the fellow craft, craft degree, and it's a long one, and it is very academic, and there are things in there I did, I had a lot of problems with. Uh, as you go, as you ascend those steps in the fellow craft yeah, yeah, degree, yeah. there's some things seemed kind of uh, Gnostic, uh, Oh, okay, so you you kind of okay, so you you caught on to all that stuff. Oh yes, I as a matter of fact, uh, even after you know being raised to the sublime degree, having lunch one day with one of my brethren, uh, well, you know, outside the lodge, of course, we just got lunch. As a matter of fact, I asked him, I said, "Can we can we get some lunch? I want to talk to you about something." Yeah. So we got a, <laughs> we a hot dog plate. So we sat down at the table. I said, "I said how?" His name is How. I said, "How do you find?" masonry very gnostic he said oh hell yes and i said well what do you think of that he said well it's what it is and uh, so of course that led me thinking well, there's, there's some there's definitely some uh strange things uh you know it didn't bother me enough though to cause me not to go to the lodge for the uh, camaraderie. I enjoyed it. I, I really did. I enjoyed the brotherhood. I enjoyed, uh, you know, the work. I enjoyed when we opened the lodge, you know, for, for work to be done. And uh, um, I enjoyed the, uh, you know, the, the learning. The, the thing I would have to say, you know, now, though, that bothered me the most after thinking about it, and that's where it leads us to what we're talking about me entering the Catholic church yeah. now was looking back at my obligations. That's, uh, that's <clears throat> the weight that I carried with me when I had to go speak with the priest and let him know about my concerns because it was the, it was the obligations that I took. Mm, yeah, let's get into it. We've been speaking with um, Steve Johnson. He lives Outside of Sarasota in a town called Bradleton. No, um, talking about Bradleton, yeah. Bradleton, yeah. And he um and he um is um entering the Catholic Church in RCA process. So we definitely pray for him. Thank you. And uh, his wife is a cradle Catholic. We're gonna we're gonna get into that here shortly. We've been talking about his his journey home. And um got a couple questions here you might want to uh, answer, Steve, before we get into that. Uh, one from one from Samuel. Um, do you have any? Um, were you drinking any blood, Steve, when you became yeah. a Freemason? Or would I ever? <laughs> yeah, only the blood in Christ. So <laughs> that's <Yeah>. negative. <laughs> and I didn't write a goat either. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> did you? Um, did you decide to go up, get any other degrees up the York Rite or Scottish Rite or anything like that? Or did you just stop at, at the um the, the sublime degree of Master Mason? Good question. Um, because of the concerns I already started to have, um, I decided to put a halt. Uh, not only that, it, 
for, for, for people who don't know, Freemasonry is a lot of work, a lot of memorization because a lot of stuff is kept very close to home. So what you learn in the Masonic Lodge, it has to be memorized. And, uh, uh, so you, you don't just get a book and encyclopedia to take home with you to learn all these things about Freemasonry. So that said, you know, it's wonderful if that's what you want to do. Now, being a Catholic, I wouldn't recommend even uh, participating at all. I don't, you need to save yourself a lot of hassles just in case you marry a cradle Catholic later on. I'll tell you that. Um, so save yourself some hassle and uh, some grief and having to go to a priest to talk about some guilt you have. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I, I never really talked about it that in any of my videos or anything I'd ever written about the um, just about the, the proving the proficiency. I think I talk about I have a I have a um, I have a class It's a 13 series thing It's on, on Udemy and on my St. Dominic's Media where I think I talk about it in that, that course about the, the Catholic Catechism on Freemasonry. The proficiency, how the proficiency, right. proof of proficiency is, is one of those things that had always been with Freemasonry, even back in the guild times, to to become to become an apprentice and a fellow craft. You just had to prove proficiency in the trade, right. um, uh, showing your skill that you have mastered the work in that in that in that degree, an apprentice or fellow craft. Um, that comes into the philosophical system of Freemasonry after 1717, you know, so on and so forth. So today, Freemasons to move from inter apprentice to fellow craft and fellow craft to master Mason. Um, and then even after master Mason, which is, right. you know, you know, we could, we could, that's kind of silly because master Masons didn't have to prove proficiency. You're a master Mason, but right. I, I get it. But, um, <laughs> but so Freemason, so to move up to the, to get past an S degree, by the master, you have to show the master that you're proficient in your work. So Steve is talking about, um, so speculative Freemasons um, would have to memorize that they've they've learned their catechism. Um, imagine right. imagine getting baptized as a Catholic or getting confirmation and just have having to memorize I don't know maybe ten pages out of the Catechism Catholic Church verbatim and being tested on that. It's incredible. Um, it, it's a, it, is, it is a lot of work. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, to answer your question, the, the, the York right, the Scottish right, I had just made a decision. I, I, I'm, I'm just okay where I am right now. Other things were, you know, becoming more important at that time in my life. Also, as I was approaching, um, as the years went on, I was approaching uh, retirement. And uh, with the idea that I may not even be uh, living after retirement, I had always wanted to move to Florida, which is why I live in Florida now. I always wanted to live in Florida. Yeah. So uh, as, as, as time went on, um, you know, my participation in my lodge became less and less to the mm. point where for me, it was a matter of just paying my dues each year, you know, which, uh, you know, I, I was, I was okay with the, just doing that and uh, just going about, you know, not even thinking about demitting to another lodge down here in Florida. Um, you know, I was moving. Just kind of, it just kind of faded out your life because your life was just moving in a different direction. Yeah. That's right. It wasn't an issue. I did not think that was going to be an issue. Just paying my dues each year, not participating until 
you know, the decision that my wife and I made that the Catholic Church, her, you know, being very happy with the decision. And by that time, I, I was uh, I was very solid in that decision as well. We have a really strong marriage. And, uh, you know, the things that we have learned, I have learned already as far as the sacrament of marriage itself. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about that. So, yeah. you, so you're one of those guys, Steve Johnson, that um, ended up marrying a Catholic girl, right? Yeah. yeah <laughs> she's great. <laughs> then you're coming into the, to the, to the Catholic church. So your wife uh, is, a, is a cradle Catholic. Yeah. And um, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, so talk about that. So um, everything about my marriage to Jennifer always from the day we met, uh, five years ago to, you know, us moving to Florida, us decide, we us marrying, always seemed that there was a divine, everything from meeting to our courtship that was a whirlwind to the decision that she made. She said, uh, so you want to move to Florida? Eh? I said, yeah. She said, well, uh, let's go. Let's move to Florida. So we did that. So everything in our relationship always seemed like it had a direct, I've always felt it was divinely inspired. And also I, I felt like I've had angels that kind of have been guiding me. She feels the same way too. Yeah. And uh, so it, the path that we have had, it just seems like it was kind of like laid out before us in some glorified way. You know, it seems like it's just been laid out for us all the way to me you know, where I am now, happily, you know, within the arms of the Catholic faith. Yeah. I know What's she it, um very I mean, What was it, though, about the Catholic Church that, I mean, I know she's a Catholic, but, I mean, but what, what was it, though, that made you to say, to say, okay, I got to become Catholic? Um, I, I, it was my tryout going to Mass the first time. Of course, I went in also with a very open mind. Um, and, uh, Jen had, you know, she had told me a lot, you know, about her growing up and how she enjoyed, uh, you know, the liturgy and the mass, her mother, um, she also, uh, you know, we speak regularly with her, um, very, very, uh, you know, especially as a young girl, she, she just adored going to mass, you know, as much as she can go, she still, that's what she says. She's not able to attend mass. Um, you know, she's 92. She's not able to attend mass, uh, you know, right now, but she, she does participate. She watches, you know, our parish, St. Joseph, uh, here in Bradenton. She watches, uh, you know, every Sunday, you know, nine o'clock and she participates in the mass, you know, with us, you know, via you know, video. And, uh, so yeah, I was, I was very intrigued to say, let's give this a shot. I do. I, I recognize, you know, the Catholic Church, you know, like we'd spoken earlier, it had some troubles through its time, but it is truly, you know, the first church. It's, it's it, you know, you know, let's say St. Peter, you know, Saint, first pope, and, you know, it began from there. So I just said, you know, it's a leap of faith in a way, but in a, in a, at the same time, I wanted it. I wanted a strong relationship with God with my wife and with our unity and marriage together and the church, the church, uh, it delivered, you know, we, well, we, we have a strong 
sacramental marriage. Yeah. And what, what does that what does that mean for you? I mean, have because you mentioned that a few times, just like the you keep coming back to that, just the sacrament of marriage. Like, what right. is that? What does that what does that mean to you? Okay. Uh, you know, like I had mentioned before, you know, I've been previously married and uh, it didn't work out. I think a lot of marriages, what they're missing a lot of times, whether it be Protestant or Catholic, is, you know, the bedrock that is needed for a strong marriage. It has to have a holy, a holy place to rest its foundation on. And, um, you know, the Catholic Church with the, the sacraments, of course, you know, we have the sacrament of confession. We also, you know, the sacrament of the Holy Communion. You know, these are all very important uh, issues in Catholicism that, uh, that bind us to the church. It binds us to the Lord God and, uh, you know, binds us to the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's important. It's a very important uh, thing. Yeah. And Lucy says, wow, Steve, I'm impressed that you're not even a Catholic, but you yeah. believe that is the church Jesus founded. It is. Yeah. I, I mean, like I, I, you know, I, I told you, you know, I'm an amateur you know, history buff. And like I had mentioned, uh, Western civilization, if you want to look into the history of Western civilization, which fascinates me and it always has. You can't separate the history with the Christian church. They go hand in hand. And that's just a fact. Um, it's, it's been there as, you know, really the beginnings of, of, of Western civilization um, from you know the declining days of the Roman Empire on into the Dark Ages and in and then the Middle Ages so forth, and you know and it's carried over until now. And one of the things about the Catholic Church, except for a couple things like Vatican II, you know, it's mainly stayed, you know, with its principles intact, and uh, you know with with the liturgy, and. Uh, you know, so yeah, there, there, there you go. I guess this my 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 my, his, my history uh, interests and uh, curiosities. You know that I and Brianna, she says. So, was being married to your wife a catapult to become Catholic? So, I mean, would you you think you would have still? I mean, it's hard to know. It sounds like from what you're telling me, it seems like like God has has been leading you. Yes. And your wife along this path. But I mean, do you see the, I mean, could you see you becoming Catholic if you did not marry your wife? You know, you, that's a tough one. That, that That's a tough. One. I do know one thing, like I said earlier, um, from the time I met my wife, it has always to me seemed like there has been guideposts and guiding voices, if you were, yeah. That I mean, you can you can think about you know what could have been or should have been, but I tend to think about what is. So that's a tough. Yeah. One. Yeah. If I would have been, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's hard to know. I mean, it's a silly question anyway, because God knows from the foundations of the earth, you know, yeah. <laughs> the choices, you know, the choices that we would we would yeah. make. And, and that's a very, yeah. it's a very good question. Yeah. Yeah. And I have another one here as well that I want to um, 
Yeah, Mary. Mary asks, are there any repercussions for leaving and then revealing what goes on side of the organization? And I, I you know, I'll answer that for you. You know, Steve, nobody's gonna kill Steve. Steve is fine. Right. But <laughs> but I remember before we were talking about um I found out, you know, being a Freemason for you know that decade and you know being like heavily involved in, in different things that there were like some it, it it was still it was still it would still be the case sometimes just that that exposure to Freemasonry, you know something something triggers like oh this there this reminds me of that right but also there's that 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 proximity that you've come into with things that aren't of Christ and that could be anything you know it could, it's right. it could be a strip club it could be at the bottom of a bottle it could be you know uh -huh. um, um, Masonic degrees being exposed to something like that. What 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 were some of your side effects that um that you that that has been stayed that had been with you at during your journey? Uh, as far as from uh, Freemasonry, uh, the side effects that Freemasonry has left. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Awesome. Well, like I mentioned, uh, I think earlier the guilt that that I was uh, carrying with me, especially in my you know earlier days of uh, you know you know my my first uh, few masses going to it became apparent that the obligations that i took to to become a freemason you know i went in three times you know entered raised and then uh entered uh, and passed and then raised and i thought about those obligations as i was uh you know, going to uh, mass and listening to the liturgies and it was really weighing heavy on me. Really? Yeah. The obligations. I felt like those were, they were there. It, in my heart, it was a very unholy thing. Wow. The way I felt. Wow. So. Even that, I was like, well, I guess 10 years or how, how long had it been? Right. 20, 20 years maybe. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Even yeah. Uh, being practicing uh, for uh, practicing Freemason, I knew that as uh, my journey, my journey going into Catholicism was still at odds with my previous, what I considered to be mortal sins with those obligations that I took. They they wow. just didn't mix. It just did not mix. I thought about that, as you know, these obligations. You know, these are you know, some call them blood oaths. Mm -hmm. and, uh, of course, there's, you know, as you're going through these obligations, these things that you, I furthermore promise and swear can be pretty to somebody outside listening to us. These people are crazy as hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're promising to do this if you were. Yeah. I guess, I, guess I, I never. Like I said, back then I was, you know, I was an agnostic largely. It didn't really. Right. You know, so for you, yeah, you were. I said, oh, this is okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it didn't. It didn't seem too consequential because I wasn't even too sure exactly. about, about God. Right. Like I knew that there was a God. I just think He was maybe really interested in my life. Definitely not Jesus. Definitely no personal God. So when I'm when I'm ending my obligations, so help me God and keep me steadfast. Yeah. But for you. That was, it seemed to be like really serious. 
It was. And as a matter of fact, that was when it was, uh, I needed to, so I told my advocate the issues I was having. And, uh, and uh, she did not understand what Freemasonry was. But I told her, I said, it's not that I, I said, well, you need to find somebody I can talk to. She said, you need to go and see. Uh, so when you say, when you say your advocate, you mean a person that's. Um... Is, she is uh, basically our guide, our wonderful uh, instructor, if you were. Well, for RCA. Okay. RCIA class. Okay. And uh, when I told her, I said, well, she said, well, um, I know about, <laughs> I know about the, the Knights, uh, the, uh, the uh, um, <clears throat> Knights of Columbus. And I said, "Yeah, it's not that." <laughs> I so said, she had no idea. She had no idea. So you tell her you're a Freemason. Right. She has she no said, idea what that is. Yeah, she said, I don't know what that is. She said, uh, "You know, is, is it like night? You know, it's Knights of Columbus? No, no. So wow. a little bit more secretive than oh, well, they're not very secretive. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful yeah. people. Not that Freemasons are, but." <clears throat> I was holding that guilt as far as looking back at those uh, those three instances where I knelt at an altar and took those obligations that uh, made me wonder where my soul really was. Wow. Wow. So she said, you need to go speak with Father Jim. She says, I'm going to make you an appointment. And I did. And he is, of course, he's wonderful. I explained to him, my, my he said, you feel pretty strong about this. I said, yeah, I feel pretty I feel uh, not really the best about, uh, you know, these things that I did earlier. And I'm, you know, I worry about my soul. Of course, I'm in RCIA. And uh, um, so uh, he says, well, stop doing that. And I said, well, <laughs> it was the best thing. He said, just stop it. And uh, he's really a wonderful, wonderful priest. Um, love him to death. Um, and uh, that made me feel, you know, I felt much better after that. That, and like I had already spoken of before, I haven't been pra practicing Freemasonry for years. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so, well, that means that uh, at the end of December, there will be no, you know, my, my dues will become in arrears and uh because yeah that's uh father jim told me to stop doing this and uh and to be honest with you it made me feel better i, I got it you know i've already stopped practicing practice and he also told me gave me another bit of advice he says he says stop feeling so guilty about things and uh, which i do have a, i have a habit of doing that when i look to closely into situations like the obligations that i took into Freemasonry, I take it you know I take it seriously. I took it seriously when I made my oaths before the lodge. I took it very seriously, just like you know now at this time I'm taking my my faith and uh, you know my Catholicism very seriously. You, know, you yeah. matter. Yeah. yeah, you can't yeah. believe, but you you can't be faithful to two lords. Yeah, yeah, can't serve both God and man. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Yeah, man, that's, that's really yeah, man, that's really beautiful. Steve, well, I'm really, I'm really happy for your. Hey, you journey, man, I'm really impressed. I like how serious. I mean, you just an RCA, but that's yeah. how, I think that's how it is. You, you're on fire right now, and but I hope you always stay on fire. That's what I. That's what I really, I really hope. 
Oh, my wife. Well, yeah, we listen to the readings every evening. We don't mm-hmm. miss. We, we read the, every day. We listen to the daily readings. Um, she keeps me uh, to the grindstone, so to speak. But uh, she does it lovingly, and um, and I'm happy to uh, to abide. Yeah, yeah. So the um, the also, liturgy, I mean, speaking of the daily read, I'm sorry, Dave. The daily readings. You know, Catholics should do that. It does help you keep focused on the important things, and you learn a lot. You'll be so surprised if you stay. Uh, stay with the daily readings and uh, you know, stay with the, the liturgy and every single day know that and also give thanks to the Lord every day, pray every day do the rosary, and the rosary has been a wonderful thing for me yeah, how'd you find, I mean, how'd you find I mean, how'd you, was that, was the rosary I mean, was, okay, let me uh, Yeah, we didn't even get to that question as far as like Coming into the Catholic Church, what things have you found to be the most difficult? Obviously, it doesn't sound like the rosary was one. No, um, you know, I've come to terms with uh, you know, you know, dealing with the, the Marian issue that Protestants, you know, don't really take to very well. But I've become very, uh, I guess, more open in my heart to, to understanding more. But, you know, then again, I've got a wonderful teacher to uh, Miss Mary Kay at uh, St. Joseph church. You know, she, she has been really, um, I'm blessed to have her. Jen's blessed to have her in our life. She has been just a tremendous uh, wealth of knowledge of love. Um, You know, what I can't say anything. I can't say enough about, yeah, yeah, that's good. Everyone doesn't get that experience of having good RCA experience. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I, I told her that. Of course, you know, I, I'm also having to go through both of us, both Jenna and I are having to go through annulments because, um, you know, the annulment through the church. You can be divorced, but in the Catholic Church, you know, yeah. for, your, for your marriage to be recognized, if you have previous marriages, we got to get that a little bit straightened out because the state's not in control of everything. And believe me, I love that because I've always believed that marriage is, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a contract uh, with, uh, with deity, with God. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I don't know if you knew this, but, um, so who's a Pope Leo the, the 10th? And I think Pius, Pius IX even before him. So they, they used to blame, um, the Freemasons for the whole idea right. of separation of church and state, right? And so marriage right. was marriage was one of this idea that the the state can say who's married and who's not. You know, right. the, the separate. We know Catholics. We never believe in separation of church and state. We just, but we yeah. being in the world that we are today, we have um, um, uh, we have uh, we acknowledge the fact that okay. You're married. We acknowledge that, but we don't we don't accept the fact that it's a sacrament, right? And we acknowledge the fact, okay, you're divorced in a state, but we don't accept that as you know the finality of whether who's married and not married. So yeah, does it look like you're going to be able to make Easter this year, as far as the endowment process goes? And that is what we're shooting for. We're shooting for yeah. Easter. Now it will probably be for for Jennifer for. Um, she uh, she'll have she'll be meeting with uh, Bishop Dwayne 
in June. So that's uh, going to be a little bit of a separate thing since she is baptized as a Catholic. So for her, it'll be in June for her, her special um, blessing from uh, Bishop Dwayne. And uh, hopefully for me, it's also, for those who don't know, an annulment within the Catholic Church is a very, very arduous process. They don't miss anything. Every T is crossed, every I is dotted, and every question is scrutinized and has to be answered. So. We I'm, I'm, just, I'm just glad you were just married one time outside the Catholic Church. I mean, to your um, <laughs> to your, your your previous wife. I mean, imagine if you were divorced eight times. I mean, that, that that's even more paperwork. Oh, that, the, the, the paperwork never ends. In the <laughs> <laughs> Our pastor, Father Raffle, he says that all all paperwork, paperwork, all the time. <laughs> yeah. That's a, so have you um. You know, most of my my audience are people who I won't say most of them, but I would say a great deal of them are people who have a preference for like traditional Latin mass. Have you had a chance to explore other? Wow, I'm so surprised you brought that up, David. What um, uh, I didn't know if we were going to be able to get into that, and that's where I have a lot of questions for you. As you know, if you're following, you know your program and other Catholic programs, Catholic news programs or uh, commentary. Um, we've got some issues going on as far as uh, where, where some Catholics stand versus others on the traditional Latin mass. So uh, uh, I, at this point right now, I have to bite my tongue or hold my tongue as it were, <laughs> to hold my tongue. And, you know, that that can get kind of touchy from what I've already seen. It can get touchy. And yeah. now I, I'm going to, I have to pretty much kind of just, uh, at least until uh, confirmation, kind of just, you know, I have my opinions. I have my thoughts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. want to pick anybody off. I, I yeah. mean, but yeah, there. Yeah, it's an issue, isn't it? Yeah. One thing I I'm glad you. I'm glad you. I mean, when I became a, a Catholic, I definitely didn't know anything about different liturgies, right? I think of the first time. So I became a Catholic in 2006, and I think the first time I went to, I didn't know even it was called Novus Ordo. I didn't even know what yeah. that was. But I was just looking around masses in Dayton. I was in Dayton, Ohio, around Dayton, Ohio at that time, and I kind of heard that there may be different liturgies. I was listening to EDATN, so I looked. Um, I looked around, and so the first mass I went to was called a Byzantine, right? Um, and I just fell in love with with the with the um, Eastern liturgy after after that point in time. So, and then later on, I found out about the traditional Latin mass. There's a society uh, fathers of um, um, Saint Peter, I think they're called FSSP FSSP. Um, so. Yeah, I, I mean, definitely encourage you. I mean, you're in Florida, so you have a lot of options. So I mean, yeah. once you're once you're ready, yeah, spread spread your wings, man, and get yeah. out there and experience different different liturgies. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a treasure. It's it's really weird now. You have some people saying that you know some bishops wanting to shut down like a traditional Latin mass. You have yeah. other people trying to say, "Oh, it should be getting rid of." But the the history of the Catholic Church, there's there there's never been a time 
that there was just one liturgy of the Catholic Church. There were at one point in time when the first church was first getting going, you had 11, 12 different apostles right. going out. And each of those apostles, they were they had different liturgies, they had a different right. expression. Yeah. Right. They had different expressions about how to celebrate the Holy Eucharist. And so yeah. the church has always had multiple liturgies throughout its whole history. So so what it what it means to be Catholic is to build experience that diversity of the, um, the Lord's Supper of the yeah. Holy Eucharist. So right. get so I would say get out there, man, whenever yeah. you want to and experience experience liturgy since you love liturgy. We have a uh you know, I've learned a lot about our entire diocese. We've got a wonderful, um, di it's a large diocese, you know, it's yeah. the Diocese of Venice. And uh, we have a lot of parishes in here. And yeah, there's a lot of options to, uh, you know, Catholics to, uh, you know, experience yeah. these things. And uh, yeah, I, I will be taking you up on that too. And I will keep you informed as, uh, as I go along with that also. Yeah, I'm excited, man. We're, we're definitely going to keep you um, in our prayers. I look forward to having you back on on the, in the show um, some time from now and, and to catch up with Steve Johnson, man. I hope I was able to. I didn't miss anything, or hope I was able to answer any questions that anybody might have, whether it be converting to Catholicism or to uh, you know as far as uh, you know the, uh, the subject of Freemasonry. So. Yeah. yeah, I think I think we got to, uh, a lot of comments over here, but I think we got to most of them. Yeah, we got um, no more blood questions or anything like that. So <laughs> right. yeah, there there was one more I wanted to get to that I I missed it, but it was it was one about um, Freemasonry here that I want to get to. Sure, sure. Yeah, uh, I guess I can't. I can't find it now. But um, oh, I think you got muted, David. Hey, David, I think you got muted. Okay. There you go. Yeah, that's, yeah. I like one thing. I like about. You. Okay, there it's, uh, is that you make the you make the distinction between Freemasonry and some of the men you met while you you were a Freemason. So I, I like that you don't you don't um um you're not just like burning bread on the men that you had met. Um, I love I, I I still do that you know they're 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 friends. Um, I always uh, you know love and you know. When you're in a lodge, you know, you, you that camaraderie, that brothership you feel, you know, that's real. That's not that, that's not evil. That's not wrong. And, and it's not false. It is true. You do. And that's one of the reasons, you know, it's, don't forget, it's also a fraternity. And, uh, you know, you, you have that fraternal love, you know, for your uh, your, your brethren and uh, that camaraderie. It is it's, it's a nice feeling. You know that. You know how that. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's 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 what I what I found is well that that aspect of Freemasonry did not disappoint as far as um, just the, the men that you meet. That's everyone, you know. Everyone, you you ever notice 
that people wake up just wanting to do their best. <laughs> you know, even even the, the worst dregs in society, no one wakes up wanting to just do pure evil. Even if they go do pure evil in their head, they just think they're doing a good thing, even if it's sick. Right. Everyone is just trying to do their best. I think you know, and then um, and so you meet people in different organizations um, that, as well as Freemasonry, just guys that, you know, just just being the best humans they can be. I mean, we, you and I, we definitely would make a, we wouldn't make that choice again. Yeah. But, um, but the men, the men that we met there, mm -hmm. yeah, we we would say those were there were friends and people helped us in particular points in our life. So right, absolutely, and they'll they're, they're you know they have no doubt you know you're you're uh, you know your friends and brethren and within the lawn they're they're there for you. They're very supportive, and no matter what organization or situation you're in, you know we all like that. We all could use them, you know, uh, with knowing that uh, you know you got uh, you got a friend that's going to be there for you. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I would say that that um. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be where I am today if I didn't get some help from those some of those men who are called brothers at some point yeah. in time. So yeah, absolutely. Um, Julie Julie McSweeney says, um, speaking about Freemasonry, I'll let you answer this question. I guess it relates to what we were just saying just now. Like, how do men even end up there in the first place? Well, like I was saying uh, at the beginning of uh, the broadcast, um, curiosity. Curiosity is one of the bigger things. Just the, I would say that, uh, you know, you, you hear that, uh, as we spoke of earlier, David, you know, uh, masonry, their, their credo is we make good men better. And um, it, it's still a process of, uh, of allegory and um, it's, they have their ways of, of how they do that. You go in there with that curiosity on what that could be. Also, with uh, the idea of you know what knowledge uh, to make uh, you know to make me a better person, you, you know, can they impart to me? So, it's curiosity is is a big part of it. Uh, it was for me, um, and uh, yeah, that's all I can say about that. It begins. You you first have to be curious about it. You're certainly not going to know everything there is to know. I mean, that's the nature of Freemasonry, is the secrecy of. You know, some of it uh, can be, you know, it, it has, you know, it, through, you know, through the time it's begun, secrecy has been central to the point of Freemasonry, and it has its reasons. Yeah, yeah, I think that's, I was saying as well, I think different men end up there different ways, right? I mean, there, there are many yeah. different paths to... That's true. Asking for that petition. Right. <laughs> it, could be, it could mean to something to somebody. A lot of people, you know, we can't gloss over the fact a lot of people, uh, a lot of men would do it because of, uh, you know, the networking opportunities. Yeah. And yeah. that's a fact yeah. that can't be uh, overlooked either. Yeah. I think that's really bottom line. I think, you know, the, the years, the decade I spent the Freemasonry, um, a lot of those were, you know, being a lodge officer, you know, one year's worship for master as well. And I, what I what I think about, I found out was that, uh, you know, we brought a lot of young men into the lodge, you know, some older men, but it had all had that common element as your story right. that they knew somebody. Yes. Um, and there was um, and there, there was a relationship. So oftentimes, it's a friend, maybe a coworker, a neighbor. Right. So I think that's all, a lot of men. 
get there is through, um, you know, friendship. Yep. And it, and it goes from there. And then um, she asked the question. She said, I once had to attend a funeral in a Freemason Lodge like place. I Googled it and found out it was okay to attend and pray for a soul. Was I correct? I, I would say this is that the, the Masonic, the, the discipline from the church has changed over, over the centuries. If you were, if you were living back in the 18, 1700s as yes. well, uh, right. Pope, Pope Clement the 12th, um, uh, Benedict the 14th, Pius the 9th, and Leo the 13th would have excommunicated you. Oh, yes. Their, their, their right. prescription was that even if you have anything to do with Freemasons, um, if you, if you own a house and you're giving them a meeting space or, you're helping them in any way whatsoever. Um, that was that was right uh, for uh, excommunication. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so the canon law nowadays does not teach that. Um, I, I would definitely people ask. You may have heard this, Steve. You know, people ask. You know, well, should I give money to the Shriners and things like that? You know, I, I would say if you do have the resource, you know, Shriners Hospital does some good things, but also you look at St. Jude's. Saint, there's other places. Yeah, you can you can help out. What would you say? I would say absolutely, absolutely. Those are wonderful organizations, and uh, they've helped countless people. You know, they you know they concentrate on on the the children, which is a wonderful endeavor. And uh, I mean, it, it's a blessing, you know, for uh, Shriners and Saint Jude. Um, I mean, what what can you say about them? They, they they're they're wonderful what they do. And uh, the, the help that uh, they do for the families and these children, these sick, sick or crippled children, depending on you know, what the situation may be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. All right, Steve, we're past the hour, man. Don't want to hold you forever. So thanks again uh, hey, for coming hey, on. Thanks again for coming on David Ray Grace Show, man. Hey, I really appreciate it, David. And uh, I really enjoyed it. And I, I hope that. Uh, has uh, you know been insightful for someone out there, and uh, and God bless you for everything you do, David. You have certainly helped me out a, a lot, and uh, and and I am so grateful for for you and uh, what you do. Yeah, thank you, sir. And before you go, we get, we do always do two couple things with our guests. First, we ask them, um, how can we pray for you? Um, pray for. Uh, Pray for uh, my journey uh, into the Catholic Church uh, continues and uh, pray for confirmation to come Easter. I would ask that. The Lord is really good to me. So um, I can't uh, really, uh, you know, ask anything other than uh, just for the peace. I think all of us are living in times where uh, the, the uncertainties, uh, we all need a little bit of prayer when things bring us down. Um, on a daily basis with, with just the things we hear going on. And, uh, you know, um, and, and those that, you know, that are suffering with uh, things like homelessness, um, we're, we're seeing a lot more of that. Um, uh, be with those and uh, pray for them. Pray for, uh, you know, pray for the sick. We're also hearing the news you know, of, of uh, strange things going on, um, the sickness. The pandemic has done a number on this country and on this world. And there's the sickness. Uh, uh, so uh, that's where I would say where the prayers need to be, David. And, uh, and, and for 
for peace to come, you know, the, the war in Ukraine and is, uh, it, it, it's causing an effect of uncertainty around the globe, you know? Um, so definitely pray for that as we, we, we do in mass every Sunday. Yeah. Um, that I would, I would just leave it at that, David. Yeah. And um, Shiva says, and um, we will definitely be praying for your entry and for your marriage. Yeah, we'll definitely be doing that as well. And um, the last thing we do for our, our guest, Steve Johnson, yes. um, is we do this play this game called three, two, one. Okay. So I'm going to ask you um, these questions. Um, three, two, one. Are you ready? Ready. All right, three, two, one. What is your first? What are your three favorite movies? Forrest Gump, Shawshank <laughs> Redemption. Oh, uh, 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 Sling Blade. Okay, okay, I'm with you on Forrest Gump. Um, Shawshank Redemption is definitely somewhere in my top ten. Slingshot yeah. is nowhere to be found. So, okay, we're good there. <laughs> I said, I said Sling Blade, right? Yes. Yeah, Sling so. Blade? Okay. Okay. Sling Blade. Yeah, yeah. What is that about? I don't even know oh, that. Billy Bob Thornton. Oh, you got a Sling Blade. Okay. Sling Blade, yes. I'm missing out on life if I don't watch that. It's great. It's been if you want to with a southern accent like me, you're gonna you'll definitely get your shit in that movie. Okay. Um, um two favorite saints. I'm sorry, not favorite saints. If you could go, if you could have Saint, you could have dinner with two saints. Who would they be? Uh, I would say Saint John, and uh, uh, that, and it, it's gonna. It would Saint Luke would have to be in there as well. Um, you know, you know, Luke. He spent a lot of time with our Mother Mary to, uh, you know, to to get, you know his gospel, you know, across. So I would find that very fascinating. Hmm, that's interesting. I never heard that before. So you're, you're going with two choices of two um, of the gospel writers. That's, that's I, interesting. I am, I am because as a historian, as a historian, that makes sense. And also, you know, we've been hearing a lot from them. Um, St. John also, because of the, just the sheer beauty of his gospel, I, mm -hmm. I think, um, and, uh, you know, for St. Luke, um, uh, you know, his, his work with, uh, the blessed mother, you know, to, uh, you know, to bring us his gospel is, um, it's pretty strong. It, yeah. it, and of course, you know, those things can, you know, it, as time goes, I may find other saints is, is that, you know, I guess we all will, you know, that we start to become yeah. More interested in, and uh, so, but yeah, at this time, yeah. I'm going to go with that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's how it is too. When I when I first became a Catholic, I didn't have a, I didn't know much about Saint Dominic, but over time, yeah. he, he became my my closest. My yeah. Closest man, so. yeah. Um, him in the RCIA. We have a last one. The one. Um. So you can choose one, like superpower, like invisibility, transportation, um, speed, teleportation, speed. Uh, whatever. Right. What what right. what's what 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 one do you go with if you get only have one? Uh, wow. Um, I would go with the ability to speak any language and understand and communicate oh. any language anywhere. Oh, okay. So you want like you want like we just call that the 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 Pentecost gift, like the right. gift of the Holy. Just be able to speak right. 
tongues like yeah. all the time. Okay. Any, no matter what, you know, <laughs> every everyone all the time. Yeah. Yeah. They're just, you know, you know, just be able to speak any language that somebody comes up to you and you converse yeah. with them. You know, I think that would be that's inter- that's interesting. Like that's the I've never heard that one before. I don't think that's because I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's that's definitely yeah. You're definitely nerding out there because that's that's yeah. one of those ones like I'm totally geek. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't know if you really even can make money off of that. It doesn't advantage you like as far as like like in in some like material sort of ways. But it's just like you can read any book that you want to. Right. Um. Yeah have any conversation with anyone so yeah that's that's pretty cool i like that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right thanks steve god bless all right, david you take care brother you too sir all right bye